Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DMDR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we're changing things up a little bit. I know I said on the last show that we would be spending today talking about Oregon, but pretty much any time I say that we're going to do something, some sort of news breaks, and then we have to totally flip everything around. And that was the case again this time when I made a promise. Uh, And the news that broke was the Pac-12 schedule. We're going to dig into that. We're going to dig into the Pac-12 playoff chances, how this schedule's structured, all sorts of different things. Um, and hopefully, uh, I have no idea how long this is going to take, if I'm being totally honest. We might be out here in 20 minutes. We might be out here in an hour. It depends on uh, whether I keep elongating things like I'm elongating this intro. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the plan. Talk through the buff schedule talk through who got scheduled with who, talk about the schedule release, which was kind of a a weird, weird one. Um, And yeah, see what happens from there. Um, But before we jump into this uh, new schedule, I want to tell you more about Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental is the place to go for any of your teeth health needs. Um, whether it's little stuff like cleanings or whether you need to get fillings or whatever else. I Honestly, I don't know a whole lot about all the different things that dentists do, which just means I need to get in there myself. Um, it's going to happen soon. Before the season starts, I'm going to find a way to get in there to Green Mountain Dental just a little over a month away. Pretty crazy. But um, it's family owned. They're big Colorado sports fans. They're also a partner of ours at DMVR. Obviously, they're presenting sponsor of this podcast. So this podcast would not be possible without these people. Um, so support them. It's only 15 minutes away from downtown Denver. The best part is if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you can pick up a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, again, it's only 15 minutes away from downtown Denver out in Lakewood. Super convenient. Good people. Uh, Lindsay, our sales director, was out there a couple months ago to get her uh, wisdom teeth out. She said it was literally the best experience that she's ever had with a dentist. So take her word for it because she's somebody who's more responsible than me and knows how to go to the dentist regularly enough. Okay, Um, this schedule. Let's just start with how it was released. Um, Kind of a weird thing. Uh, so all of the college football games start at 10. Well, not all of them, but the earliest ones of the day typically start at 10 in the morning mountain time. That's like nine on the West coast. It's noon on the East coast. 
And uh, honestly, I kind of love the mountain time zone. We don't have time today to go through why the mountain time zone is the best place to watch sports, uh, but it really is. And those 10 a.m. kickoffs on Saturdays, 11 a.m. kickoffs on Sundays, it's just perfect. Um, the schedule release, though, uh, was scheduled for Saturday at 8.30 Mountain Time, um, 7.30 Pacific Time. So that meant that uh, anybody who wanted to get in on the schedule release was waking up pretty early for a Saturday morning. I mean, I some of us. I, I'm not really sure. I, I wonder what the other reporters are. Maybe I should ask, like, Brian and all of them. Like, what time do you typically get up on the weekend? Was this a hassle for you, too, or am I just kind of can't say all the words I'm doing whining about uh this not that it really matters I went to bed at like nine anyway I don't I don't know weekends weekends are actually when I do a whole lot of work um which basically means just watching football I ate a whole lasagna on Saturday um my Saturday was kind of wonderful honestly like I had to set that alarm for like eight get ready start like writing the story about the schedule release so all I had to do is like plug in the stuff um and I wrote another thing, both of which you can find at thedmvr.com, by the way. But, uh, yeah, from there, I, I finished that stuff up at, like, 10, right when the games were starting. Popped a lasagna, family-sized double meat, into the oven. And uh, that was done at noon, uh, which meant that I just got to sit on the couch and watch college football and eat lasagna all day. Um, it was a long day, but it was a good day. Um but yeah, the schedule release in the morning, back to the point here. I'm, I've been way off topic so far. Uh, the schedule release at 8.30. You know, I get why they want to do it, because people are watching, like, College Game Day or Big Noon Kickoff. I have thoughts on the name of that show, too. This, this, here, we can dig into this one, too, because it's quick. That's a bad name. I don't understand. Big Noon Kickoff? Don't all those games start at, like, 10, and that's when the show is over? I, I get that it's like Fox and they're the Big Ten's partner for the Big Ten Network and there's got to be something going on there. Maybe I'm the idiot, but I just don't understand. Also, I've just always watched the ESPN broadcast, so I don't really know much about it. Um, I have seen people debating which show is better. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. Maybe I should flip over to Big Noon Kickoff. What a weird name. But I understand that people are getting ready for the college football day. A lot of college football fans are like waking up turning on the TV, having that going while they like drink their coffee or mow their lawn or uh, I don't know. What do adults who are awake before 10 a.m. do on Saturdays? That's another question that I will pose to all of you. Um, but people have it on. People are paying attention. And so it kind of does make sense to drop the schedule during that time. Let people see it. You know, an hour and a half before those kickoffs is pretty early. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's not like ESPN is going to let you do it 30 minutes before kickoff when they have the most eyes because that's when they're going through and making their picks for today. I can't remember who that guest was um, yesterday, but they have like the guest picker and they all tell their jokes. And Lee Corso is a, a great man, but he doesn't always cope with like the not being on the same set, like the different, the, the lag in the time from one person talking to the other. He is particularly awkward in my mind during those little bits. But um, yeah, 
these shows aren't going to talk about your schedule if you drop it right before those kickoffs. They're going to agree to talk about it if you drop it before that, an hour and a half before all these kickoffs, when they need something to talk about. Now, for the Pac-12, is that worth it? Are you getting enough eyes on that schedule, or would it have been better to release that schedule on Friday, or even today on Monday, um, when there's really not much going on in the college football world, and you know that all of the college football shows will be talking about not that there are a lot of them i think there's like a half hour a day on espn something like that um you know i i i don't love the way the schedule the schedule was dropped um it may have gotten most eyes you know espn barely even talked about it at all like, like I turned on that show just like waiting for them to talk about it. And I guess that's what makes it hurt so much. And I'm not sure what happened on the, the Fox show, but I I don't know. I, I think they would have been better off doing it Friday or Monday and then letting people talk about how much fun that opening matchup between Arizona State and USC is going to be. Because that is going to be a lot of fun. I think that that, you know... I'm really excited to see all of the Buffs games, obviously, like when you cover the team and you know all the people and you know the coaches and you know all the storylines and also like you're around a lot of people who really care about CU, it's like those games will always be the most enjoyable for me to watch on top of like, even if I thought another game would be more enjoyable, I couldn't watch that instead anyway. So like counting out all of the CU games, I, I, I do think that that Arizona State USC game probably is my game of the year in the Pac-12 at least the one I'm most excited to see I honestly don't even know what would compete with it um looking through Oregon's schedule like Oregon Washington the last week of the season but I think there's such a small chance that we care about that at the time whereas Arizona State USC kicking things off to start the season, that's going to be a lot of fun. And if you guys have been listening to these podcasts, you know what I think of those two teams. USC could be a college football playoff team. Arizona State, I think, is still a year away. But you never know. If Jaden Daniels goes out there and outduels Keaton Slovis in game one, there are no guarantees anywhere. And I think that that's such an exciting matchup that if you hadn't announced it on a day when people are paying so much attention to what is happening already in college football, you probably would have gotten more attention, more hype, more people caring. But at the same time, I'm not totally sure about that. Um, it could be that just... I, I. But the thing is, ESPN really didn't talk about it all that much. And I don't know that they know a lot of how to talk about the Pac-12, just because it does kind of get ignored. You know... In other conferences, if you know what's going on, like in the SEC, you just kind of have to know what's going on with Bama and then two other teams. And if you have like a couple of guys you know on all of the other teams, you can talk about that conference because what really matters is what's going on in the top. Um, with the ACC, if you, if you know quite a bit about Clemson and you know quite a bit about Miami, and, you know, throw in there something about FSU's drop-off, and you just have, like, a passing knowledge of the rest, you can get by as somebody who talks about those college football teams, you know, because the story of the conferences are, are so clear. Um, Big Ten, 
maybe a little bit messier, but it all does start with Ohio State and then some rotating cast like Wisconsin's up there, um, Michigan with Jim Harbaugh. You know, when you talk about the SEC, it's tougher to talk about some of these teams, to, to know about these teams like USC. What is USC this year? Because the the casual college football fan, if, if you get asked about Alabama, you know, oh, they have the two great receivers, um, Najee Harris, what happens without Tua, and they always have a great defense. Like, boom, there you go. That's what you expect from uh, Alabama this year. Um, Clemson, it's like, yeah, you have Trevor Lawrence, you have ETN, uh, you have some fun receivers, and you expect that defense to be good year in and year out. With USC, there's just so much more nuance to it because they haven't gotten quite as much attention, which is a weird thing to say considering it's USC, um, but it's because they haven't really won that many football games. Um, Oregon, you know, without Justin Herbert, and he really wasn't even like, I'm not going to say he wasn't a factor, like he was a first-round pick quarterback on a contending team, but that's a running team. And the casual college football fan isn't going to say, oh, C.J. Verdell. Oh, yeah, that's that's no, they know Travis Etienne among running backs. And so the Pac-12 does have a long ways to go with this. Um, I don't know, just just gaining notoriety for the teams. And I, maybe there just isn't a way to make it happen. But I don't know. I, I think that dropping this schedule in a situation where the people who are on TV at that time trying to talk about it would know that that's coming and would say, okay, here's what I'm doing today on on whatever the name of that college football show on ESPN is. They're saying, okay, well, the schedule's dropping right before we go on air. We better be ready to talk about these guys. And you give them a chance to brush up. It really did feel like they were all talking about what was happening in college football, which makes sense. There is no reason to go in and dig in on all these teams unless you're a fan of one of these teams this early when there is college football already going on. You might as well talk about the games that are going on today instead of spending time talking about what you think about the schedule. They've already done that three times with the SEC and the Big Ten, and everybody has redone their schedule. The the Pac-12 has done it a couple of times now. I, I just... I don't think that that's how I would have released it. I would have waited until a day when there isn't much going on in the college football world because that is one of the things that I think you really have going for you in college football is that it's not like baseball or basketball or hockey where during the regular season, in baseball, I guess there's there's 15 games a day in, uh, I guess, 14 games a day typically. But then hockey and basketball, there's probably like seven games a day and when you have that much going on it's tough to get this news out but when it's college football and you have games Saturdays and then occasional like Thursday night Friday night type stuff why not release the schedule on Monday Tuesday Wednesday one of these days where nothing's going on Tuesdays would make sense you've already recapped the day before you're uh a day too early to be previewing the week ahead. I mean, you're never too early, but there is more of a time slot to say, okay, whoever's on this talk show, this schedule is going to come out. So be ready to talk about it for a half hour because you need to talk about something. So we might as well talk about this important piece of news instead of just kind of shoving it into a middle of a pregame show 
where they're trying to preview 15, 20 different games that are going on on Saturday. They just don't have time. Um, I don't know. I, I have a lot of thoughts. But at the same time, it did mean that people were looking at the TV when the schedule came out. They heard that the Pac-12 schedule was out. Um, they, I, I, I can't even remember. They must have mentioned USC, ASU kicking it off. But it didn't really get all that in depth. So... I don't know. I think it's a missed opportunity, but also I'm just some guy who's never made a decision that was worth millions of dollars before. So maybe I'm missing out on some of the pieces here. Um, Let's take a quick break and talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Yesterday, for the first time, I got to try the Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale. Um, We drank it on the tailgate. If you guys haven't been watching a tailgate, like... I really recommend it is a really fun thing that we are doing at DMVR and it keeps getting better every week. Um, I could just run you through yesterday's show. So basically what it is, it's me, Andre Simone, Ryan Konigsberg, basically is talking about all the NFL games for an hour and a half before the games kick off. It's basically college game day, except pro game day. And it's not ESPN. It's just us at DMVR, which means we get to drink a lot of tequila and stuff early in the morning. Um, which is a lot of fun. Yesterday, I only had one shot of tequila, um, and that was because in the poll, uh, everybody voted on Twitter that everybody should take a shot of tequila instead of just whoever didn't have the hottest take or had or no had the least hot take, which would have been me anyway. Um, seriously, they've been so much fun. One of our listeners from uh, England sent us a bunch of British food. We spent like the last 20 minutes of that show blindfolded after taking a shot of tequila and drinking a beer. It was cr- super disorienting. And then just trying all these awful foods that I guess people in uh, England like. Um, You know, not to toot our own horns, but it was a a really fun show. Uh, We play a bunch of games, like, which uh, I think yesterday was Rank the Bullshit, which is basically, like, you take the quotes. uh, Jimmy G's job is safe. Nick Mullins can't take it. Like, that's what Kyle Shanahan was saying. It's like, is that bullshit? Eh, probably not. Turns out after last night was probably a waste of time to talk about, but it is a lot of fun. We answer fantasy questions. We answer betting questions. We give our favorite picks. We talk about all the games. Um, There is like a Broncos slant, um, but I don't know. We try to get through everything. It's a lot of fun. If you guys haven't been watching, um, again, it'd be awesome if you guys gave us a try. 9.30 Sundays on Periscope and on uh, YouTube. So yeah, uh, back to <laughs> back to, to Breckenridge. Yeah, so we were drinking those Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ales yesterday, and it's really good. You know, honestly, I typically see the word hoppy, and I'm like, oh boy, this isn't a good idea. Yesterday, like I was saying, I tried it at 9.30 in the morning, um, a hoppy beer at 9.30 in the morning, and when it got handed to me, I thought, oh no, this is a situation where I cannot make a face. I cannot make a face because of these hops that I typically don't like. And on top of that, it is this early in the morning. I drank it and I didn't make a face, but that was just because I didn't have like some natural inclination to make a face. So even if you guys don't like hoppy beers, like I don't, I don't drink IPAs, but honestly, like the Hot Peak IPA, it's not my go-to, but I can drink it. Same thing with this Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale. So good from Breckenridge Brewery. Um, they hooked us up with some swag too. Um, and it's swaggy stuff. The can is awesome. 
Uh, so yeah, check that out in particular, but also all the other beers, the Avalanche, uh, Strawberry Sky, I had one of those after the show. So many great options, and I really cannot recommend Breckenridge beers enough. Uh, use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website to figure out where you can pick up whatever beer it is that you do want to try. Um, let's jump back in um, with this schedule. Like I said, that ASU-USC game really stands out. But it stands out for a couple of reasons. First of all, because it's going to be an incredible game. There's a good chance in my mind that it decides who the winner of the Pac-12 South will be. Um, But also, the game starts at 9 a.m. Pacific time, uh, which is really early for a football game. It's something that had been talked about. Um, It was something that... I think fans were generally against um, the big reason being, you know, if, if you're trying to go to these games, uh, there isn't much time to tailgate. Um, it's, it's just so much easier to have at least a few hours, even if it's like a 1 PM kickoff, at least just having a couple hours to like wake up and not be rushed in the morning, not starting your Saturday with an alarm, which sounds awful. Having a chance to drink a few drinks, before the game starts, but not have to start at 8 a.m. to do that, 7.30 a.m. maybe uh, to do that. Um, And those are all definitely reasonable complaints. I haven't had like a firm take. Um, You know, I will say that a morning kickoff sounds a lot better to me just for me personally compared to a late kickoff. There are so many of these late kickoffs, those Friday night games. I think the USC game was one of those last year. and, you know, when, when you start a game at 7 and the game ends at 10.30, sometimes later, then, so the game ends at 10.30, let's say. You start the press conferences at about 11, and those go until about 11.30. And then you get back up to the press box, and it's like 11.45, and now it's time to write. Um, typically, you already have, like, something about the game up on the website, um, and then you write whatever it is that you have to write uh, that's a little bit like nicer and cleaner and and those take like an hour if you move pretty quickly then all of a sudden it's 12:45 for me if the game's in Boulder that's when I drive back down to Denver and so then I get home at 1:15 and then it's time to record a podcast and that's if there is no like hitches along the way. That's if everything runs smoothly. And that's how we get like the super fun late night podcast, which honestly aren't that bad. If you're on the road, like there was a late game at Oregon last year, that's another just crazy late night. It's all the same things, except you don't really know where you're going. You're struggling to find the tent out back where the visiting media is. Um, it takes longer for everybody else to do everything. And then you have to find the Uber pickup spot so that you can Uber back to the hotel, which is typically not close. At least that was my (laughs) experience. And so it it is kind of tough to have those late night games, but that's for a very small portion of the people who actually work those games in a way that means that they have to work for hours after those games. And for me personally, I would much rather just have a 9 a.m. game, and that means I'm up in Boulder at 7.15 doing, like, the pregame stuff, tweeting, all that. I'm so excited for football season to come back. Um, 
but uh, then you, you instead of getting done at like 2.30, the podcast gets posted. And then you have the adrenaline rush and typically like you have caffeine. Still, I haven't thought about all this stuff in a while. It is kind of stressful. But instead of 2.30, what? You, you get done at like 1 in the afternoon. No, that math can't be right. Two hours later. You get done at like 4.30 in the afternoon, um, which would be really nice. Again, that's for a very small portion of the people who are caring about the times of these games. Um, this was the year to try it. This was certainly the year to try it. With nobody allowed to go to the games, with no tailgating allowed at the games, basically you're just telling people, make it to your couch by 9 a.m., which isn't, in my mind, like the biggest ask, um, even though I do know that I just complained about like the 8.30 scheduled drop. Um, plus, in mountain time, it's going to be at 10, basically the same time all the other college games kick off. Um, and so... I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of spreading the Pac-12 games out. Um, I'll start there. I think the more time slots you can fill with Pac-12 games, the better. Um, that means putting one Friday night. That means I wouldn't mind seeing like a 5 p.m. Friday night game and then a 8 p.m. Friday night game, something like that. Uh, maybe I would mind. I don't think you could go with two staggered games. Uh, so one Friday night, uh, that leaves five others for Saturday, have one of those early starts at 10, have a couple others at like noon or one, uh, and just kind of like fill the day up. Let Pac-12 fans spend all day watching Pac-12 football, because I would. Um, and I think that there are a lot of others who also would, especially now that it's so much easier. And I was going to save this to talk about for later, but none of the games are going to be on Pac-12 Network this year. Maybe some of the like seventh game, uh, 1v1, 3v3, like intra divisional games. Wait, intra, inter, inter divisional games. Wow, I really hate that those words are so similar, but they mean opposite things. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe some of those last games won't be, but for the most part, you're going to see all of these games on big tv i just pulled up that uh the press release that we got uh saturday morning when the schedule dropped um oh here it is uh, every football game through the first six weeks of the season will be televised nationally by a combination of abc espn espn2 espnu fox and fs1 fox will also televise the uh, football championship game on friday december 18th that's huge that is so big I mean, we've talked so much about the Pac-12 networks and why it isn't a good idea to put your football games on them. The big one being that nobody can see those games then and they can just follow whatever narrative people want to use for their team. You know, it's so easy, or not for their team, but for other teams. Like if, if, if you know, the, the national talk shows are saying, well, the Pac-12 is bad it, and, and half the people watching can't watch for themselves, they're just going to listen and, and agree. And so the fact that you do get to give people the option to watch all these games, because pretty much everybody who watches football has these channels. I mean, I think ESPN2 is pretty standard at this point. FS1 is. So really it's like, do people have ESPNU? And I would guess that that's probably the worst game of the week that's going on ESPNU. 
I don't know. I'm 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 happy with this part. I am very very happy and I think that this is a big step in the right direction. Get yourself on TV so that people can watch your product. Like that's what the whole game is about. Um So yeah, uh good stuff there. I like that the schedule spread out. I like that you're going toe to toe with the 10 a.m. SEC games. Start getting Start getting people to watch the Pac-12 instead. I mean, there will be mornings where that 10 a.m. game in the SEC is two teams that are irrelevant, and we'll know that at that point. You know, within four weeks, there will only be a couple of teams really in contention in the SEC. Meanwhile, the Pac-12 will be wide open. And so if it does wind up being, uh, I don't know, we just watched, what, Arkansas-Mississippi State? Mississippi State's fun. Arkansas... I mean, was good enough to beat him, I guess. What else do you say? Um, And if that game had been in week, whatever week it is that the Pac-12 starts with that USC-ASU game, I think that by that point, people would say, you know what? We don't need to watch Mississippi State again. I'd rather see what USC and ASU are all about. And I think that a lot of people nationally would pick that game over the SEC game. Give yourself those opportunities. It might take some good breaks. It might take the SEC putting bad matchups in the time slots where your good games are. But at least you're trying. Instead of saying, you know what? We have two games we like this week, or three typically. We have one that we're going to put Friday night, one we're going to put Saturday afternoon, and one that we're going to put Saturday night. And... That afternoon game is going to have to compete with whatever else is out there. That Saturday night game is going to have to compete to get first half viewers with whatever other games out there. And now they're saying, you know what? Let's split this schedule up. Try to go toe-to-toe. Give Pac-12 fans a chance to watch Pac-12 football all day if they want to. And, And I will. I am telling you right now. This means that they have me as a viewer, and I know that I'm not the most standard college football fan, but if I'm going to have one of these games on the TV or the computer, no matter what, even if there's something else on the other, um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about this, and I think it's a big change. It's a big opportunity. You're going to get lucky with some time slots. In the same way that Sunday Night Football last night just kind of got unlucky, just happened to be that the entire 49ers roster's hurt, and that the Eagles suck now. That wasn't supposed to be the case. That was supposed to be a big numbers game. But I really doubt it was just because of what happened with those teams. By week 7, week 8, whatever. No, I guess it'd be like week 9 that the Pac-12 actually starts. Which is a, a, a different conversation. But uh, that's going to be when you have kind of figured out the rest of the country. And curious college football fans will want to figure out the Pac-12. Um, we can end it on that. Well, no. Let's say one more thing. It is a very, very good thing and a big step in the right direction. And I really hope it works. Um, but I do wonder if you get the big ratings this year on those early games. And then you try to play early games next year with fans. Do you struggle getting people into the stadium? I don't think you would at CU. I think, I I guess maybe with students, you could have some issues, but for the most part, like Buffs fans are going to be there no matter what. Um, But at UCLA, uh, I I don't know. We'll we'll see where this all goes. Um, 
I did see that Rick George was on the radio somewhere saying that he would uh, raise his hand to play those early games. Again, I, w- <laughs> I would raise my hand, but I know I'm not really speaking for all Buffs fans when I say that, and I understand why. Um, curious what your thoughts are, though. Curious what your thoughts are on all of this. Um, before we jump into the Buff schedule, I want to tell you a little bit about DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, week four of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week five. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 5, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. Don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving all of you basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's a code DNVR. Or, or to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first vet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um where were we oh we're going to the buffs that's right uh the buff schedule it's a good one it is a good one um i think that you have to start by saying that uh it it could have been so much worse and i thought that there was a real chance it would be um with the way college football is going this year getting a team into the college football playoff is going to be tricky for the Pac-12 playing only six games. Um, the way to give yourself the best chances of conference is probably to put the good teams from the north against the good te- or against the bad teams from the south. Make sure you go undefeated, um, and vice versa. Like get yourself two undefeated teams in the call or in the Pac-12 championship game. See if going seven and zero against good competition will get you to the championship or to the college football playoffs. Wow, these words haven't come out smooth. Um, That meant that Colorado would probably play one of the better teams from the Pac-12 North, uh, whether that's Oregon or, I mean, Washington. But uh, instead they draw Stanford, who they'll play in week two. Um, and I think that when you look at the schedule, you already know five of the opponents. There's one opponent that's up in the air. For that one opponent to not be Oregon is really all you can ask for, I think. And for it to not be Washington is awesome, too. Um, Let's start at the top. So they'll open up November 7th at home against UCLA. Love it. Love it for so many reasons. Um, First of all, because UCLA isn't all that good. Because uh, I'm not sold on Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Because they lost Joshua Kelly, um, who is now in the NFL. And they lost some other pieces as well. 
they also have Chip Kelly as head coach. Uh, so far, he has turned this dumpster fire into just also a dumpster fire. Not much changing, except they're making even less money like everybody else in the pandemic. Um, on top of that, UCLA is where Carl Durrell got his head coaching start. The only other place he's been a head coach. From 2003 to 2007, he was at UCLA. So, it is going to be a really fun storyline seeing... Carl Durrell in his second head coaching job 13 years after his first one ended going up against that team. I'd like to say it gives the buffs an edge. I, I don't know that it necessarily does. Um, I don't, I think it means more to Carl Durrell than it means to anybody at UCLA. If Carl can make it mean something to his team, that's when you might have some sort of advantage. Say, hey, these are, but but I don't know if Carl Durrell's that type of guy to get people fired up in that particular way. You know, that is one thing you could say about Mel Tucker. You know, if if the Buffs last year were playing Georgia, Mel would get his team fired up to play his old team. You know, to prove that point, is Carl Durrell that kind of guy, or is he going to say, you know what, we're going out there and playing our game? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, and it might be a situation where this is more on Tyson Summers to say, hey. You guys all know what this means to Carl. Carl's not going to tell you, but you guys know what it means to him. We're going to go out there and we're going to get him. Um, that's That might be more of what needs to happen. I'm not really sure what it'll look like, I guess, but I do think that the buffs are, as we've said, in that bottom tier of the Pac-12. Um, and that means that you need every edge you can get um, and your winnable games are typically going to get be against other teams in the bottom tier of the Pac-12. And so to play one of those other teams in the bottom tier of the Pac-12 at home and have an edge like that is a great, great way to start a season. Um, week two, you go to Stanford. Um, a tough game, but Stanford isn't what Stanford was a few years ago. Um, last year was tough. They only won four games. It surprised a lot of people. It surprised me. They're going to be very good in the trenches. Davis Mills looked good at quarterback last year, but how good is he? Is he somebody who you're actually scared of and you can push the ball downfield, all that kind of stuff? Or will they be relying, relying on a running game even though they did lose Cameron Scarlett, their big running back, who's kind of their identity offensively last year? Um, I think that you have to look at these two teams and probably say, especially at Stanford, that Stanford is a, is a favorite and maybe a substantial favorite. Uh, I'm, I can't tell you this game isn't winnable though. And, uh, I can't say I'd be super surprised if the buffs went there and beat them. Remember they only lost 16, 13 to Stanford last year, right? Yeah. 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 That was 16, 13. Um, so Again, I I like the schedule. I think there's a very, very real chance that if all goes well during camp, which starts here in a few days, hopefully, that you'll see a 2-0 and football team out of the gate, which is not what I expected to say on the schedule release podcast. Um, week three, home against Arizona State. Again, I can't tell you that game isn't winnable. I really like Arizona State. I think that... 
they will probably finish this season half. Let's call it either four and two or five and one, um, with a loss against USC and a loss against either Utah or Cal. Um, yeah, I'd say four and two. But going to Boulder after Colorado beat them last year, and because a lot of the hype with Arizona State is projection. It's saying, okay, Jaden Daniels looked like he had all the tools. Let's see if he can come back and win even more games next year. You lost your identity in Eno Benjamin, who, and see, that's a stretch. I'm not sure that you could call him the identity, but it's very close to an identity. It isn't, though, like um, Cameron Scarlett leaving Stanford or like, Visca leaving CU, where that really was just the dominant piece of the offense. That was what they did. Um, but it is a big loss, and there are questions, like the questions we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, so even that, especially at home, is winnable. Going to USC, um, November 27th or 28th, I uh, th- they'll probably lose that game. I'm just going to come out and say it. They've lost, what, all 14 times they played USC. Now they're doing it on the road. Buffs are in the bottom tier of the Pac-12. Uh, USC's in the top tier of the Pac-12. If you go into that game 2-1, and one, though, at least you could be excited. And they played them tough last year. They've played them tough before. Um, if somehow you do pull that upset over Arizona State and you're 3-0, and then all of a sudden there is... All bets are off. All bets are off going into Week 4. Week 5 at Arizona... Uh, I I think I still give that edge to Arizona just because they're at home. I think this is a game where I would just pick the home team. Um, without fans, the margins are slimmer. And you're also projecting when you talk about Arizona. You know, Gary Brightwell, the running back we've talked about. Uh, I like him. I think that he's good. Can he be an every down back and still be as explosive as a bigger guy? Or does he kind of thrive when he's only getting five, 10 touches a game. Um, and so he's at his best. And that's why he's putting up five yards per carry, which he's done before. I think he was at like 5.8. It was 5.4, 5.8 a couple years ago. Um, quarterback Grant Gannell. I really like him. He has a big arm. I think he could be a really good quarterback. Projection. He's a sophomore, you know? Um, that game is probably a toss up. I would lean Arizona since it's in Arizona. Um, and then you finish the season with the Friday night game, uh, December 11th at home against Utah. That's going to be a, a fun one. Um, again, we talked about Utah. I think you have to pick Utah. I think that if, if they were setting all the lines today, they'd be two score favorites, but they lost their quarterback and they lost their running back and their running back is doing pretty cool things in the NFL. Um, and that was again, their identity. They're a running football team. Um, defensively, they only bring two starters back. They lost two All-Americans on the defensive line. They lost another honorable mention. Uh, or no, was he on a mention? All-Pac-12 defensive lineman. They lost an All-American in the secondary. So, again, you can talk yourself into the buffs being competitive in any of these games if you want to. Knowing what we know, though, I think that you'd have to guess that this is probably two wins, maybe one win. Um, but, again... You have to be happy with the schedule. You have to be happy with the schedule. Um, in terms of some of the other scheduling notes that I have, um, 
I think it's worth noting who got scheduled to play against the, you know, contenders, what everybody's saying is a contender. Um, you start with Oregon at the top. They get to play one of the Pac-12 South teams. Um, and those are the Southern California schools, the Arizonas, then Utah, Colorado. Out of that group, they got scheduled to play UCLA. Clearly a bottom tier team. Um, I don't know that they're the worst, um, but they're right there with Colorado, Arizona. That's a pretty favorable matchup for Oregon. USC got paired with Washington State from the north. That's a a, a bottom tier team there too uh, at this point in my mind. Them probably just with Oregon State. Um, Yeah, at the bottom of that conference. Um, Outside of that, Arizona State is probably next up. They got paired with Cal and... Cal is a, a good team. I think that of your top three Pac-12 teams, Arizona State probably got the toughest draw um, with Cal being, in my mind, probably the number two, maybe number three. It's tough with Washington um, in the north. And then talking, obviously, Cal drew Arizona State, which is a tough draw for them. Washington, the other team in the north that's kind of right there. Uh, they got Arizona. Colorado dodged a bullet, I would say, not pulling Cal, Washington, or Oregon. Um, and that pretty much sums up the matchups. I, it, you could go with the conspiracies and say, well, USC and Oregon got the easier ones. The teams right behind them got tougher pulls. Nah, it, I don't think the da- deck was really stacked all that much. And I don't, I'm not too worried about it is what I'll say. Um, part of that is because the Buffs got Stanford. Uh, I think that that's pretty much all my thoughts. Um, yeah, we're close. We're what a, a month from third Tuesday, Wednesday. A month from Wednesday will be the opening Saturday of Pac-12 football. And uh, Buffs camp should start on Thursday, assuming that health order gets lifted. I don't have an update there. Um, I should say that that is where we stand. Um, I we haven't been told like expect to start doing media calls on Thursday when camp starts, assuming this order's done. I think that we'll it'll probably be pretty last minute. Um, Boulder County said that they would say whether they're extending the order on the day the order expires, which is Wednesday. And if uh, if they decide to play or to let the order expire and CU can practice, and I think we'd get told right after there'd be a release and probably um, people telling us what to expect from camp, which I'll pass on to you guys as soon as I have it. Um, but from the Buffs' perspective, I think that they just kind of want to lie low right now. They don't want to make it look like by telling the media that they're hoping to start camp on Thursday, like it's it's putting any pressure on Boulder County. I think that that's probably the right call, even though typically under these circumstances, it would be nice to have a little more uh, information. Um, I think not putting yourself out there when Boulder County, you know, at least in the stuff I've seen has been a little bit pointy and I just don't want to bother anybody there right now. Um, 
keep them happy so that they don't have any reason to not make you happy. Um, all right. Uh, that's all my thoughts. If you guys have any thoughts, let me know as always. I'm curious what you think of the schedule. Um, I know I'm excited for it though. I'm so excited and hopefully you guys are too. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. Um, I'll see you all then. I think they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Swag. My Colorado swag yeah. is pushing 180. Speed and pad see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just